Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. The parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee is one of those well-known parables, uh, and uh, it, it reads kind of like the old joke, uh, two men walk into a bar, only here it's into a church. You got your stock characters, the, the proud Pharisee and the humble tax collector. Only here they don't walk into a bar, they walk into the temple to pray. And it's no joke. One man goes home justified, and the other, presumably, goes to hell. So maybe uh, we can, uh, but maybe we can take this parable for granted because we've, we know it so well, or, or at least we think we do. Um, and so we, maybe we've just always assumed, without really reading it, without really understanding what the words are saying, uh, that it's just about morality. Uh, it's a moral lesson about not being proud. Maybe not so dissimilar to the tortoise and the hare. Uh, you know, the, the, the hare was proud, but in the end the tortoise won the race because... He was humble. Of course, real virtue, real humility is held up in the Holy Scriptures uh, and based in, in the natural law. And so pride is bad and humility is good. But there's more to it than that. Morality is taught in the Bible, but it is never, never the Bible's main point. Luke tells us the main point of the parable right away in verse 9. Jesus told this parable to certain people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. So it's a parable not really about pride, but about self-righteousness. It's a parable, a parable about what it means to be righteous, how one becomes righteous, and, and not uh, to be fooled by surface-level things, things that look righteous. Now, we really need to understand this parable in the way Luke's original audience and Jesus audience would have understood it. You know, to us, it's common knowledge that, that the Pharisees are bad, tax collectors good, right? The Pharisees are the bad guys. These are the guys that are always arguing with Jesus all throughout, uh, all throughout the New Testament. And we know that the outcasts, like the, like the tax collector that the world considers bad, we are not to consider bad. But to the people of Jesus' day, the Pharisees were the best people around, literally. And the tax collectors were the ones literally stealing and cheating you out of money, maybe even the day before. So it would not be an exaggeration to think of the Pharisee uh, like the nicest and sweet, uh, sweetest person you've ever met. Uh, your sweet old grandma who is, who is always there, who is always giving you a little extra money, uh, who is always giving a little extra money to the church, who, who welcomes visitors, who does everyone else's dishes. The Pharisees were upright like your sweet old grandma. And this particular Pharisee even says how much he's done. Uh, he's gone above and beyond what the law requires in both tithing and fasting. So you couldn't imagine a better person. So when this Pharisee goes home unjustified, you can imagine a gasp in the crowd. It'd be kind of like saying, your grandma's not as good as she looks. Now, the tax collectors, on the other hand, 
The way they got their money was by lying to people about how much they owed the government. So if the government said you owed $100, the tax collectors would collect $400 and keep the rest. And not only were they considered unrighteous because of this, but actually unclean because they worked for the Roman authorities. They sold themselves out to the Gentiles. They were unclean. They were traitors. Everyone hated them, and the tax collectors knew it. And maybe, maybe they had a lot of money, but, but that's about it. Their family hated them. They had no friends. So think about the worst people you can imagine. Drug dealers, child pornographers, terrorists. That's the sort of person this tax collector represents. And you have to know this because otherwise we end up reading this parable in a self-righteous way. I'm so glad I don't judge people like that Pharisee. No, the crowd had already judged the two men even before Jesus even said anything. In their minds, Pharisee good, tax collector bad. We can't not judge people. But what matters is not what we see. Not what people do. Not what looks righteous. Jesus wants to drive home the point that no amount of piety saves. Good people don't get into heaven. Good people do not get into heaven. Or at least those who think they are good do not get into heaven. The Pharisee prays in the temple, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Now, just hearing that sounds, sounds pretty bad. Sounds pretty prideful. But again, the point is not really pride. Think of it this way. The Pharisee is right to thank God for this. He's thanking God that he's not suffering like this tax collector whose entire family has deserted him and won't talk to him, who hates him, who has lost his reputation and his friends because of the awful things he has done. He's thanking God he's not like that person. Don't you and I pray like this too? God, I thank you that I have a good family, that I know what's best for my kids. God, I thank you that I'm not ignorant like those people out there. God, I thank you for my comfortable life here as opposed to those who live on the street corners. God, thank you for giving me everything that I have. God, God, I know I've got some sins, but, but I thank you that I haven't fallen into that person's sin. It is right to thank God that we've been spared a lot of horrible things in this world. And that God hasn't handed us over to our sins like he ought. And we've gotten away with stuff and haven't received the punishment that we deserve. That we've been able to, to maintain at least to some degree our families, our place in society, our reputations, or even uh, that we've just been able to have a, a pretty comfortable life. But the problem with these types of prayers and with the Pharisees is not in what he does say, but in what he doesn't 
saved. He doesn't acknowledge he's a sinner. He has no needs. He has no need for Christ. He's thankful for God for making him who he is, and because of who he is, maybe even because of who he thinks God made him, he's righteous. He's righteous because he's not like other sinners. He's a good person who, who keeps the law, at least most of the time. But he goes home unjustified because the law and keeping the law does not deliver righteousness. We have one child's prayer book at home uh, that we got for free somehow, uh, some, some random book drive, I think, uh, that, I, that I can't stand using for this reason. It thanks God for, for all these, these things. The weather, the pie on the table, uh, toys, friends, fall leaves, but it never acknowledges Jesus. It never acknowledges Jesus. You can believe in God, but if you have no need for Christ, you'll end up like the Pharisee and go to hell. You can believe in God and still go to hell. After all, the devil believes in God. But the devil has no need for God. The devil thought he could take God's place. And that's the sin of this Pharisee. And the sin of people to whom Jesus is teaching. They have no need for Christ. They trusted not in Christ, but they trusted in themselves that they were righteous. Today after church, we'll have a meeting about the importance of, of Christian education, of catechesis. And I'll say it again later, but just in case you won't be there, you don't have to have your kids in Sunday school, but you do have to teach them about Jesus. And not just about God, but about their need for Jesus. They, they need a faith not like the Pharisee, but like the tax collector. The tax collector prays and acknowledges his greatest need. God be merciful to me, a sinner. Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy. Christe eleison. Christ have mercy. Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy. The reason we say that, we repeat that every Sunday. And God does. God has mercy on the worst of sinners. Tax collectors, drug dealers, child pornographers, terrorists, and even you and me. God has not come to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. And God declares sinners righteous and just. To be justified means that you are holy, in God's eyes. No matter what awful things you have done, you can go home justified. And by your baptism, equipped with the power to actually leave your life of sin. To do good works that are pleasing to God. And acceptable in His sight. Unlike the Pharisees who thought, or unlike the Pharisee who thought he was righteous, because it wasn't like 
other sinners. You are righteous because you are a sinner, a forgiven sinner, a sinner who knows and who has received God's mercy. As Martin Luther once said, you are at the same time saint and sinner, just and sinful, simul justus et peccator, at the same time saint and sinner. Two men walk into church. Both come in as sinners. Only one walks out a saint. Kyrie eleison. Lord, have mercy upon us. Make us righteous. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.